Bone Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at bellford.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless, this is the 5G America's been waiting for. By College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home away from home. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes, Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra smooth. Summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com forward slash partners and order yours today. Buy OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Buy M-Drive. You're not too old. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by nchc.tv and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams. Home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. You are listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly live. All right, well, welcome in, hockey fans, college hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, if it may be. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's just a tad over 100 degrees today. And uh, my co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein, out on that beautiful palatial estate on Long Island, New York, where it's probably what upper nineties about now, and getting ready for some thunderstorms. Paul, how are, are you? Are you adding yesterday's temperature and today's temperature together to get it <laughs> up to ninety? <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Uh, I mean, I don't. Is that what you're doing? I don't know. <laughs> and as for as for palatial, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, right. You missed a traveling man. I don't want to hear it. okay Okay. well it's college hockey night it's tuesday night it's college hockey southwest weekly where we talk ncaa hockey so uh, when we start talking ncaa hockey (laughs) it's hard not to look at all the things that are going on off the ice but tonight we're going to bring on a really a special guest that's going to be a college hockey player very very soon but uh we'll give him a couple of minutes here as we uh uh get wrapped up in what's going on in the world of NCAA hockey. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, Robert uh, Morris University does not go away, does it, Paul? Uh, this is not going to go away for a while. Uh, it's just not. Uh, you know, the president of the university held a uh, media Zoom today and basically told everybody, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care. I'm the president of the university. And if I decide to do something, that's it. Um, um, it was he came out and said, we didn't vote on it with the board of trustees. We had a consensus. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like okay. it. Well, that consensus. consensus. Now, listen, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll play devil's advocate here, play both sides. One of those members of the board of trustees was the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. And okay. he resigned from the board. Okay. Now, did he resign because he disagrees with the decision of the president? Or did he, did he resign because it was a quote-unquote consensus and he didn't think that it was right that there was no vote taken? Could have been either one. We don't know. Um, but this move, as we said on Sunday, blindsided has blindsided everybody, uh, including the Pittsburgh Penguins, by the way, who they worked with for the Frozen Force. Yeah, that uh, and uh, can we just say that the Frozen Four was just there? I was just there uh, in mid-April, so uh, just barely a month and a half ago. And you know, and I don't know the geography of Pittsburgh. 
Uh, can I tell I, you the geography of Pittsburgh? My hotel, Paul, was uh, about a half a mile from Robert Morris University's main campus. They had right. another building that I could see from my hotel that had a big RMU on it. So it, it was very close to where I stayed, which meant it was probably about 20 minutes from downtown. Okay. Well, I mean, this is all part of the intrigue of this, and hopefully next week get somebody on that can, I don't want to say confirm this, uh, can at least uh, fill in some of the gaps here because – we, we have seen reporting that they were talking about a new arena, but all of a sudden the university president comes out and says, nah, hockey's too expensive. See ya. Okay. Um, they are apparently trying to it. put a building up uh, for sports uh, that does not include a hockey rink. Okay. Um, and apparently part of that decision was made apparently by an, another member of the board who's also a big donor and has his name on the basket and has the, his company's name on the basketball arena and my guess is that he that that guy or at least that once again we don't know any of this i'm not i'm anything i tell you is pure speculation not a hockey fan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the athletic director was involved in that Zoom call today. And apparently the only question he answered, his answer was, uh, that's the decision of the university. Oh, nice. Okay. So he <laughs> clearly was also not involved in this decision. Clearly was against this decision. Oh, my goodness. But he uh, also has bills to pay, like everybody else, I assume. <laughs> he does not live on the palatial estate on Long Island, maybe. No, he's he's not you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So so that's a discussion for uh, maybe next week if we get somebody on that wants to talk about it. I've reached out. You've reached out to different people. Uh, I, I think it's too still too, too fresh, too hot. Uh, maybe for people to uh, that they're thinking twice about maybe putting their their thoughts publicly out there yet. Well, um, I, 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 that's I'm, my guess. I'm pretty sure outside of that one player, okay, most of them have not said anything, and most of the people involved directly with the university have not said anything out of fear of reprisals. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know what I don't know what kind of reprisal you can get because they've already taken away your program. But yeah, well, anyway, that's another story. Okay, so let's move on because we've got a great guest from the Dubuque Fighting Saints and a future Sun Devil uh, going to be joining us here in about two minutes. We're going to have Is he Riley coaching Stewart. too. <laughs> we'll ask him. Okay. Uh, we're going to bring on Riley Stewart in about two minutes. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., <coughs> Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Thrilled to have you with us. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on NCHC.TV. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. 
Welcome back in, hockey fans. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at Roger Klein's Canción Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Our pleasure to bring back a guest for a second time. So that tells you how good he is, Paul. When, when he comes back for a second time, he's earned it. And uh, Riley Stewart, the uh, current uh, Dubuque Fighting Saint and the future Arizona State Sun Devil, joining us tonight to talk a little hockey. So, Riley, Scott, and Paul with you. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Uh, no, we're, we're doing good. Listen, don't let him don't let him con you like that. Okay? He lets, he lets me on every week, and I probably haven't earned it. So, don't let him – don't let him – just push him aside. Uh, just push him aside like uh, a check, Riley. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm happy to be back for a second time. Uh, well, I don't want to thank you because I reached out to you really late today, and you answered my uh, my text rather quickly. And it's great to have you on. Um, I did not know the news of the day uh, coming out of Dubuque, and I, I'm assuming that you've already heard it with uh, Coach Oliver David uh, leaving the uh, the program and heading over uh, to Europe. Yeah, I, I actually found out about a week ago, and then I talked to OD, I think it was on Friday, and then it came out public today. But, yeah, it's good for him that he's moving on in his career, and uh, we'll see where the path takes him and uh, what happens in Dubuque. I'm sure it'll be a great coach that'll come in, and I'm uh, pretty sure that it's still going to be the same culture it always is there. Speaking of that culture, Riley, let's jump in right there and, and talk a little bit about it. You've had a couple of years there now where you've been able to experience everything that is Dubuque, albeit you've had to go through the COVID restrictions and all of those things. But um, tell the people out there that maybe didn't hear you the first time you were on our show, uh, what's Dubuque Fighting Saints hockey like? Uh, I think it, the biggest thing there is honestly becoming uh, a great student, a great person and then a great hockey player. I think they factor all three of those things into their program. And I think that really helps everyone succeed there. And then there's great fans. They're there every night screaming with their cowbells. And then the billets are also a huge factor. They, uh, they take care of the players pretty well and they're all nice people. And then just the whole player group as a, as a big one group and a family, they come together and, over two years now, it's been pretty special to see the same thing happen. So hopefully it can happen again next year. What was the craziness like this year? What I mean, obviously no one's ever experienced anything like this, but from from a player's perspective at the level you were at, um, and we've heard from, from all different kinds of levels, um, what was it like this year? I mean, I don't, I'm not even going to ask you to compare it to anything, but what was it like just dealing with this year? Uh, I think it was pretty tough. Uh, we got there, I think it was in uh, late September or middle September, and obviously we were there for eight full months, and I didn't see my family the whole time, so that was probably one of the toughest parts. And our team was pretty strict, which uh, is understandable because you got to keep it down because you're there for one thing to play hockey. So ours was like go to the rink in the morning and go straight home. That's all we did. So we got tested once a week. And I think the, the strictness was kind of hard on guys and like mental toughness to be just at your house all day, especially when you live alone like myself. It, it got boring sometimes, but then you try to think about why you were there. So I think that was the hardest part, not seeing your family and not being able to go out and do stuff like you would in a normal uh, situation. What was your go-to to, to break that, that uh, isolation? Uh, when there's no snow, I'd play pickleball <laughs> in the Colzac with my belt family. Uh, and luckily, when there is snow, my uh, billets have a hot tub, so I'd go out there and jam to some country music that'd be yes 
Yes. Nice. <laughs> now, now we're getting down to the nitty gritty part of it. But yeah. Okay. So, so let's put you on the ice, right? Things started to work a little bit towards normal towards the end of the year. I, I don't want to say it got anywhere near normal because it didn't. But uh, you guys had playoffs. You were in battles. Um, talk about what it was like, Riley, to to go from the regular season as crazy as it was to all of a sudden try to amp it up to win that Clark Cup. Uh, yeah, I think it definitely was different, uh, especially I'll hop off here for a little bit. The My first year there, we were one of the front runners the whole year, and we were expected to do well in the playoffs, and then the season got canceled. And then last year, we started off the season 1-10-1, and, and it wasn't going as uh, people thought it would and how, it wanted, how we all wanted it to go. And then we ended up turning it on, and then we actually made playoffs in the 52nd game of our 52 game season so that was pretty cool and then we knew we had a big uh, uh opponent ahead of us with with it being chicago and i i think we just all tried coming in and doing like our jobs and seeing where it could get us unfortunately it didn't work out too well but uh it was still a great season and i'm happy that uh the guys battled back and we did what we did when you got off to the slow start was there one thing or did that guys just like looked at each other and said, Hey, enough of this is enough. Or, uh, was it, was it left unspoken? How did that, how did that end up, uh, uh in the locker room? Cause usually that's what it takes, right? It usually takes somebody saying, all right, we're not, this, this is what we're going to do. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a mixture of a both. Uh, we were in games and then it just came to the third period and we just choked and we lost, but, I think it was a mixture of guys speaking up and then a little bit of change of people. Uh, unfortunately, it had to happen. But I think once people saw that happening, everyone came together. And I I think the most uh, important part was we had to find ways to become a team in the beginning because we couldn't hang out outside of the rink. So I think that was part of the issue in the beginning. But then we started thinking of ways how we can do that at the rink to become a team. And then I think that's where we started winning games. So Riley, when we when we look at your uh, your stats, uh, first year didn't get a lot of playing time, just thirty four games, got an assist, um, and uh, that was pretty much it for your season. But I know that was a big learning year for you. And then last year, fifty two games, you got all of them in, five goals, fourteen assists, nineteen points. Um, tell us a little bit about how that changed you uh, in a one year's time like that. Uh, I think my first year. We were a really good team, and I didn't get much opportunity, so I had to take every practice as if it was my game. So I I would always, uh, after practice, pay attention to Reese Gaber, and I'd shoot with him and pass with him and work on things. Uh, me and him were good buddies, so I always uh, kind of wanted to learn off him because obviously he's a great player, as you've seen him at North Dakota this year. And yeah. I think that's where I kind of – I kind of developed the most was just working with him after practice and then getting more physical and more into battles helped me out also and then this year I came in as a returner still one of the younger guys but I tried bringing what we had the year before to try to help the team out and then I think it just carried over into the games I think my compete level carried me through it okay so you you said that uh, you increased your physical play uh, going into last year, as you look back on your season this year, what's the thing? Not that you're going to stop working on that because it's hockey, but um, what do you think you're going to focus on uh, this coming up off season? And does it make it a little bit more difficult to do that, knowing that you're going to have a new coach come in? Uh, I think. After my first year, I really my first year I really worked on my shot, and I think it did get a lot better within a year. And I think last year I had a good shot, but the two things that I think that I can always work on and keep getting better at that'll help my style of play is skating and shooting. So that's what I'm gonna work out in the summer and try to improve my uh, release to get quicker and obviously mo- more explosive skating, which is also being in the gym. I think those are the two most important things that will help my game uh, based off the style of play. 
So Riley, is it is it my eyes or have you actually physically gotten bigger and stronger over the last year? I've seen pictures of you. I know. I I I, I stalk you uh, through your mother on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I gained like thirteen to fifteen pounds from arrival in Dubuque to being back home. So wow. I definitely did gain muscle, which was another uh, factor this year. We had a different training program in Dubuque, which I liked a lot better. We were really getting in there and. Uh, really getting after it unlike the year before it was a little on and off from week to week so yeah I think that is a huge part and that helps so on the ice you got stronger but uh, off the ice I think you continued to grow there as well it sounds like uh, just from listening to you talk right now that um, there's more of a leadership role in Riley Stewart right now you're feeling uh, you're a little bit older you're a little more comfortable maybe but how much of a leadership role do you need to play in that locker room this coming season? Uh, I think it's going to be a big part of my role. Uh, the first year I was obviously a rookie, and then the second year around uh, Christmas time, they named me one of the captains, so I was happy to receive that. And I felt like that I could take a leadership role by pushing guys in practice and leading by example. And, I mean, I uh, – grew up around Shane Doan and he's one of the greatest captains. So that obviously helps with my leadership ability, I believe. So I hope I can just uh, grow on that as well and hopefully bring a strong impact and help the team out this year. Okay. You walked into that one and, and Paul, <laughs> yeah, I was Paul gonna, let it slip away. You got to be sharper, Paul. Well, <laughs> you got to be quicker. I was trying to figure uh, out the right uh, way to, to so, so there's no doubt you grew up, as you said, around Shane Doan and uh, with the, the, the Phoenix uh, Coyotes, uh, Junior Coyotes program um, at that point. But uh, you got into the playoff series against Chicago and your old buddy Josh Doan and, and Jake Levanovich, uh on that side. Um, how was that? Was that different? Uh, yeah, it was different because, I mean, the closest thing I had to, like, playoffs like that before would have been Nationals, and that's where, like, me and Josh would have always been together. So, of course, I saw him the day before during morning skate. I saw him on the ice, and then uh, I saw him, like, through the glass when we were on the ice. And then in warm-ups before the game, we always go and stretch right on the red line, and we were just looking at each other and we we're like, all right, I guess this is it. So yeah, I'm, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately we lost, but I'm happy that he won. I was going to say, does it, does it help that they won the whole thing that you got that, that that's who you lost to, or does that not make it any, it make any difference? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I think it, it kind of compliments you, but right. I, I think once we got out, that is the team I was cheering for just because Josh was on there and uh, Matthew Nyes' team was eliminated in the same round we were. So, yeah, I think I was rooting for Chicago when we got eliminated, even though there's kind of a rivalry between Dubuque and Chicago. So, <laughs> Kind of? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good one from what I understand. Yeah. Okay, so – so let me ask you this. Uh, give us a scouting report on Josh. He's going to be a Sun Devil next year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're going to be a Sun Devil the following year, correct? Uh, hopefully. Okay. Yeah, I was say that's the uh, plan I'm, not, anyway. I'm, I'm not sure the, uh, when what the time plan is, but, yes, I'm excited to get there, and I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so give us a scouting report on Josh. What, what's he going to bring to the NCAA level uh, from your eyes? Uh, I think Josh has grown his game a lot. Uh, he's also grown in size as well. Josh, is, he can be a little sneaky physical player, and I've always said that Josh has one of the ho highest hockey IQs I've ever played with, and he has an amazing release on his shot. So I think those are the three things you can expect from him. And once he gets older, he'll be a great leader. He was our captain for the Junior Coyotes, and I've always thought he was a great leader. And he's just a all-around uh, great kid on and off the ice. So I think that's what you can expect for, uh, for him from at ASU. Paul, can I quickly jump in with one more on that one? Sure. Um, I was up, uh, Riley, and saw the uh, BioSteel All-Star game. And uh, one of the things that I saw through the lens of my camera, and I kind of joke about this because I had uh, guys that I was focusing on to uh, – 
to uh, to see in that game. And I noticed a lot of Shane's uh, mannerisms in Josh. Do you see those as well? Yeah. The way he holds yeah, the stick at the face exact up. same way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they uh, well, both skate the same way. Well, if you can go 20 years in the NHL, that's not a bad thing to emulate, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get that out there. Go ahead, Paul. All right, so uh, we're, I'm going to use you as a resource, Riley, um, and I'm, I'm not going to ask you for specifics because that wouldn't be the right thing to do, but you are in a situation that no one's been in before in terms of uh, guys going from juniors to college um, in a year where they gave extra eligibility to players and and this whole situation with free transfers and the whole shooting match. Um, what is the talk? Or, or what is what is what is happening? What is between you and your your teammates? I'm sure you guys talk about it because everybody's in in in, in different situations. Okay, uh, what is the talk of of the locker room, so to speak, about? Um, uh, what is actually going on with with players? Do they? Uh, how much input are they having in? Do they stay? Do they go? Um, do they change where they want to go? Uh, how much of that uh, is 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 being talked about amongst you guys? Uh, I don't think though. Like as a group, no one really talks about changing or whatever. But I think the big talk is that uh, basically junior and college, the transition from midget to junior, junior college is pretty much clogged up for this next year. And it might be clogged up for a year after that. And maybe a year after that, everyone like pretty much doesn't really know what's going to happen, which that's kind of the world we live in now. So I think everyone's just along for the ride and hoping for the best. Does everybody understand the situation? Whether not not saying being happy with it or unhappy with it, but does does everybody just kind of like yeah we, we don't really have a whole lot of choice here? Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty much like you're told what's going to happen, and you pretty much have to go with it and okay. have a positive mindset and just uh, think about where you are and what you can do to get to where you want to be. So, Riley, uh, the the first week of every month since the 1st of March, I've been going up to the uh, sixth floor of the parking garage, my favorite parking garage now in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, take my camera out, start shooting some video and some still shots. You know what I'm talking about. It's that brand-new building coming up. Um, if you get pushed back a little bit more, uh, that first year could very well be in that brand-new building. Have you thought about that at all, or are you just thinking uh, one day at a time? I have thought about the new building, but uh, I think it would be pretty cool to play a few games at Oceanside Ice Arena, although others might think I'm crazy for it. But <laughs> not, not your I, teammates uh, <laughs> or your future I, teammates. I, uh, I played a few years there growing up, so I, I wouldn't mind it for a little bit playing there at the little Oceanside Ice Rink. But, yeah, I, I think it is huge for the program. I think it's going to attract a lot more people to come and hopefully a lot more fans and then, Hopefully they can start creating that strong culture like Dubuque has. Yeah, when I was in your building, Riley, uh, last year, I guess, um, that's the first thing that came to my mind was uh, culture. I mean, the red seats and the way it's built, the whole thing. And you've talked about that with us the last time you were on the show, but I think it's worth a reminder again because when you walk into the Mystic uh, Community Ice Center, have I got that right? Yeah, Mystique Community Ice Center. Mystique, there we go. Mystique Community Ice Center. When you walk in there, um, you know that you're in uh, Dubuque Fighting Saint territory, don't you? Oh, yeah. It's all red everywhere, and uh, it's definitely – you were probably not there with fans, but there might have been people walking around the Upper Bowl, which is – they're normally fans too. So if we go for a jog around the Upper Bowl, they they tend to – give us like high fives or say stuff to us. So it is a cool atmosphere and uh, some nights there's not many fans, but 
it's still as loud in there because it's cowbell country. So uh, yeah, I love playing there and <laughs> love I that cowbell. The fans like, <laughs> yeah, the fans get like right over the glass. So I think it's it's a fun place to play. Well, when I was there, it was OD and myself walking around. There it was uh, rather quiet, but I was trying to visualize what it would be like uh, to to be in that building. And I thought I would be back there last year to see a game and. Uh, with COVID, of course, I wasn't able to do that. But from what I've seen, it, it's a tremendous sight. And I hope this year I get down there because I think you're going to be wearing a C again. And uh, I'd like to watch you play and, and just see what you bring. So that leads me up to my next question. The draft is pushed back, uh, NHL draft pushed back a month. Um, and, and you've got some guys that you know that are going to get a shot at that. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the draft uh, as a kid when you were draft eligible in that age, what's it like and how much do you really think about being drafted in the NHL or are there other things to think about? I think it is a lot of people's uh, goal and uh, I think Josh and Matthew have a good shot at it this year, which is super exciting. I think it's good to see guys from Arizona getting drafted. I think it just helps grow the game and will uh, help the junior coyote program out. So that's exciting. And I think that you can't think about it too much or else you'll get sidetracked and you won't stay focused on reaching that goal. So I think it's just having a level head and uh, sticking towards the main goal. All right. So I have two questions for you um, that are a little bit uh, off that track. Uh, First of all, uh, and I don't remember if I asked you the last time you were on, uh, are you a hockey junkie? And have you been watching the playoffs? And where is your favorite place to play on the road, at least when there were people in the building? I am not a hockey junkie. I'm not a big fan of watching sports. I'll play any cool. sport out there, but I'm not. I just I, uh, I don't like sitting still for very long, so – but I have been watching playoffs when I'm at home. My uh, my parents watch them and Connor watches them. So I've been there for a few games. And then uh, my favorite place to play on the road would probably be Omaha, I'd have to say. it's a That is a really cool atmosphere, and they have a lot of fans every night. And uh, I have a good amount of family members there. So it's a, it's a fun place to play, and I enjoyed it when we played there. So, Riley, I know you, you You have one more, Paul? Or? I was going to say, he doesn't have to defend not being a, a hockey junkie because I have found over time, uh, regardless of the sport, that uh, the guys playing are either big-time junkies of the sport or the only time they pay any attention to it is when it involves them playing. So he doesn't have to apologize for that at all. And he wasn't going to. <laughs> okay, so so um, now I lost my complete train of thought of what I was going to say. Um, oh, we were talking about about the arenas, and the first thing that came to mind was uh, when you were watching the Sun Devils play this year, Riley, and you found out uh, that they were going to be playing a full road schedule, all on the Big Ten, um, nothing at home. Um, Give us give us a little thought about that. What what was thinking? Were you thinking like, hey, that would be really cool to do, or were you thinking like, oh my god, who wants to go into that? Uh, I think it'd be f- fun for about a trip or so. But then I think <laughs> being on the road in the hotel, uh, not being home, just having like catered food, I think that'd get old. But I think I think you could enjoy it once you're into it. But uh, I think I definitely prefer playing at home. I, even in the USHL right now, I would prefer playing at home way more than being on the road. Cause you can like, you can leave on your own time. You can get there earlier. You can do your routine. So I think I'd prefer being at home than on the road. Okay. Quick follow-up. One more quick follow-up that Paul, but um, when you're thinking about uh, playing against Big Ten opponents, we know how, how big and strong and physical and talented they are. You just need to look at the rosters at Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, Notre Dame, and, and you see those, uh, those types of players. But uh, if you had a choice as a Sun Devil, and uh, there's going to be a time when they're going to get a conference, have you given any thought at all to whether it would make a difference what conference you played in, or is it just like, hey, I'm going to play NCAA hockey and I'll play wherever they put me? I personally, I think that 
the NCHC would be the best uh, conference. I think that that's like the most pro-like style of hockey and college hockey. And I think that those teams excel so much in the tournament because they they play those style of playoff games every single weekend. So I think that would be the best conference. But there definitely is more conferences out there that are top-notch, such as the Big Ten and all the, the East Coast. So, yeah, but that's just my preference. All right, so uh, we've hit June. What is a typical off-season day going to look like for Riley Stewart? Uh, probably wake up. Uh, I prefer to skate and then work out just so the legs aren't gassed and then maybe go for a swim, play some pool basketball, uh, and then golfing until it gets too hot, then I'll retire for the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Too hot. I love it. Too hot. <laughs> uh, Paul, just wait till you get here for a little while and you'll understand. You forget I was there for 10 about. years. Yeah, I know, but you got to be here for longer than that. <laughs> really? Yeah. The first day I set foot in town, it was 117. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, so so on that same track, um, uh, you mentioned uh, a pool basketball, and I know you guys are really competitive, so – so throw out some guys that are going to play pool basketball with you when, when you get everybody in Ahwatukee together. Who's going to be joining you there? Give us some who's who of uh, Arizona hockey, if you would. Uh, there's my brother, Connor Stewart, and then Jackson Caster would be another one. And then, <laughs> of course, Jackson would be there. He'd probably be the first guy there. And then Jackson's brother, Joey. And, yeah, that's, that's normally it. And then – for the hockey side and then the rest are just neighborhood kids. But yeah, it's normally just uh, Jackson, Joey, me and my brother, and it gets pretty competitive. So maybe uh, I'll take over the best pool basketball player this summer. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. I got, I got to ask you. Nobody likes to lose Scott. I don't uh, care. I hear you. Uh, but, but you brought up Jackson and he got a chance to do something that uh, a lot of NCAA hockey players never get to do. And that's play for uh uh, national championship and be in the title game. Uh, what were the conversations like before and after with Jackson? Uh, we just went to dinner with Jackson, and uh, I think it's an experience that you'll have for a lifetime. He enjoyed it, obviously. He also got to play in the uh, Clark Cup final in Dubuque his first year, so he's done some pretty cool things, and uh, I think that uh, he just cherished it and enjoyed it. I mean, that's a dream of mine. Hopefully we can get there at ASU someday. Yeah, no doubt in my mind you guys are going to get there. That's uh, that's kind of a given. I think the way that the program has been rebuilt. Um, when you look at uh, the roster now, Riley, from a distance, and you saw what the, uh, the outcome was last year, and it wasn't really fair because we already talked about the schedule and different things like that, but you saw the rebuilding of what Coach Powers has done. Um, what are your thoughts on this year's uh, lineup right now as you see it on paper? Uh, I haven't look too close at it but i did see the transfers coming in and then i did see the guys that are coming in as freshmen and i've played against a few of them in the ushl and i think they're all uh, good players and the transfers i'm sure are good players that's why they're coming there they're coming there for a reason and uh hopefully they can do big things this year okay my final one for you and then i'll let paul do the final one and we'll let you go but um you had a chance to play against Ty Murchison a little bit when he was playing for the uh, USNDTP. So uh, give us a scouting re report on Ty as a defenseman. What do you, what do you know about Ty and, and just what's he going to bring to the Sun Devil roster? Uh, I think he's uh, – I played against him in U16 as well, and I think he's uh, like a good skating, uh, simple pass defenseman that can make the easy play. But I'm pretty sure he was on their penalty kill as well, so that's also helpful. But – He's got a good size to him, and he's a, I think he's a strong defenseman. All right, Paul, you get final word. All right, this is not a sports question at all, okay? So when you're in that hot tub and you're listening to that country music, who's the first artist on your list? Oh, uh, probably Luke Combs. Okay. <laughs> all right. Luke good Combs answer. Or Morgan Wallen. Ah, there you go. 
There you go. Get out to Awatuki, get by the pool in the hot tub, or, or get to Dubuque and get in the hot tub and get that country music on. Riley Stewart, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you for uh, for jumping on whenever I ask because uh, that, that means so much to us. We appreciate it. We can't wait to follow your career, not only at Dubuque, but hopefully right here in Tempe and uh, in that brand-new building. Awesome. Thank you for having me, guy. Thanks, Riley. All right, that's Riley Stewart, the uh, the pride and joy of Ahwatukee, Arizona, also the Dubuque Fighting Saints where he's wearing a letter, and uh, I'm sure we'll be wearing one with a C uh, next season and uh, future Sun Devil. Uh, we'll just uh, continue to follow that career and see where it leads. All right, Paul and I are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back and talk some more NCAA hockey with you on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. If you live in the Valley, you know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. When looking to continue your education, consider Maryville University. Located in the St. Louis suburbs and with small class sizes, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country. With over 3,000 undergrad students on campus and more than 10,000 online, Maryville University provides a cutting edge, robust learning experience for the 21st century. From the sciences and education to business and more, our undergrad and grad programs promise an individualized, hands-on experience that's truly crafted for today's student. For information on our campus life, programs, and more, visit our website at maryville.edu. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, welcome back in College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island, New York. Paul, you know the drill. After uh, we have a guest on, I always want to get your thoughts. So uh, give us a little recap of what you heard from Riley Stewart. Well, you know, you hear a lot of different things because we asked him a lot of different uh, uh, questions covering a lot of topics and and the one thing that that jumps out at me is uh, whenever we have talked about Dubuque it's always about the culture right it's always about how they do things and the way they do things and and you know even with a coaching change coming up uh, they don't expect that to change even one little bit and you know that really comes from the players the players have to buy into it in order to maintain it. And that sounds like what's going to happen regardless of who replaces Oliver David, because I'm sure that the team management and, and, and ownership and, and these teams are owned, obviously, by the way, they're not, um, they are still businesses uh, want to do things a certain way. And, and I'm sure that whoever they bring in to replace uh, Coach David is is going to do things at least off the ice in a similar manner, and um, you know it's 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 what you have to do uh, in order to maintain a program. Okay? And you know when he talked about it, hockey was the last thing when he talked about the culture, right? He talked about everything else. He talked about the billet families. He talked about 
um, how the, the, the community supports the team and so forth and so on. And, and, and education, and last. education is last. right near the top. <laughs> right. I don't know anything about that. I, you know, they, I, I only got, they kicked me out of college. I didn't want to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what a good kid. And I think he's really got his head on his shoulders because, uh, uh, when you, when you get a letter, uh, midway through a season like that, or not even midway through, it was kind of towards the beginning, I guess, at Christmas time. But uh, he's earned it, right? He's uh, he played all fifty-two games last year. Um, he's a he's a real leader, and he gives a lot of credit to Shane Doan right here in Arizona as the the guy that uh, gave him leadership skills. So um, you know, uh, and I'll have to say if right now with everything up in the air, but if and when he becomes a Sun Devil. That is a trait that is going to fit in very, very well uh, with Coach Powers and the coaches at Arizona State. Well, I mean, that's just it, right? I mean, until names are on the the the, the bottom line, uh, you know, you can't, you know, you, nothing is official until it's official, right? Um, but you know, there's always expectations, and you never know what can happen. But uh, we want to support at least uh, on my end of things. Uh, all Sun Devils, all future Sun Devils, all past Sun Devils. Because uh, let's face it, you know, uh, I have my loyalties to where I went to school, just like other people. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, and, and we talked a little bit about the USHL season. It, it was weird. It was different, like everywhere. They were able to play some playoffs games. I think he only got two in uh, because uh, uh, Chicago was just dominant. But um, it, at least getting to do something gave you a sense of normality heading into the off season. And, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he talked about gaining weight and strength. He talked about the, the fact that he uh, wants to get a quicker release on his shot. And then he talked about the all important thing, which is improving the explosiveness and the skating stride. And, you know, last night we had Steen passionate gone. And I said to Steen, I said, if there was one person that you could put, uh, in a time capsule for a year and look at where he was one year ago to where he is today. Oh my goodness. It's not even close. The strides that Steen Pashnik has made. Uh, so the same things with Riley. I mean, he's going to make that big jump as well. Uh, he's got the confidence. He's got the hockey sense. He's got the leadership qualities. Now it's just fine tuning, right? And once it fine tunes, it's going to be like Steen. It's just going to open up a door that he didn't know that he was going to go through and he's going to come through with flying colors, in my estimation. Well, listen, we know he's going to work hard. And, uh, you know, the, he's got it right not focusing on anything but, you know, what's coming up and, and, and in the short term. You can have dreams and goals long term, but if you don't take care of that short term, then the long term stuff doesn't matter. And I can tell you, if we could see a line with uh, a Doan on one wing and a Stewart on the other wing, uh, there would be a lot of happy faces in uh, Phoenix Junior Coyotes ranks uh, playing I'm here sure. in Arizona State because sure. those two uh, were were mainstays. So, but before we get done with this uh, episode again, though, Paul, I want to talk a little bit more about the draft because. Um, we know it's going to be pushed back. It would normally be late June. It's going to be late July. Um, but but talk a little bit about those Arizona State connections again. I think it's worth mentioning again because I know we talked about it Sunday, but some of those guys that are going to get a chance to uh, be drafted, Josh Doan, one of them, Ty Murchison, one of them. Um, and, and like we said, Coach Powers has always said, uh, I don't need a bunch of letters or uh, logos next to uh, my names of players to, to be good. And he's proven that already, but it can't help your confidence. Can it? Well, let's put it this way. Um, do you need him to win? No. Does it look good when you're trying to get the next group to win or the next group that comes in? Hey guys, you know, we've only been here six years. We've had two players make the NHL already. And this player's been drafted, this player's been drafted, this player's been drafted, and this player's been drafted. So on top of everything else, that we will have the advantage of being able to provide for you, so to speak. 
I don't, I don't, Swimming I know pools, 100 degrees. Yeah. Pump. That whole routine, you know, <laughs> all of you that know, stuff you're going to provide all, all of that stuff that we don't want players to, to come here for the weather. Um, uh, in addition to those things, the peripheral things, you now can say, Hey, you know, we know how to get, we, we know how to get players to the NHL too. And so now you take the best of both worlds, so to speak, and you combine them and that's just going to help you bring in more players. Yeah. So, without, a, without a doubt. And not only just bring in more players, but bring in higher caliber players. Um, you know, I asked Steen last night when he was on, I said, uh, what do you think or how close is the gap getting between 15 to 22 year olds now at all levels? And he thought, he thought it had really, really tightened up as far as the quality of play from all levels. But one of the things I thought was great towards the end of the show, he said, um, you know, if I could tell a young player what to do, I would tell him definitely go play NCAA hockey. Uh, and I believe the reason he said was um, it gives you an opportunity to continue to play your game and grow your game and work towards your goal. Uh, right. He said if he'd have gone and played uh, major junior, for example, he didn't think that he would have at that point been good enough to get a look even with the Barracuda or the Sharks. Now, now because he came and played at Arizona State, uh, improved his game at a high level, now we got to look to play, and he did play a lot and became mm-hmm. a very good player for the Barracuda. Uh, he said last night that him and his agent are talking right now with the uh, Sharks about an NHL contract for next year, and uh, he thinks he's done enough to uh, to warrant that. Well, listen, I, I mean, I could definitely see him getting a two-way deal next year uh, to where, you know, if he makes the NHL, if you, if you don't know what a two-way deal is, you get a certain level of pay if you're in the AHL, and you get a certain level of pay uh, if you're in the NHL, okay, that's basically uh, what they mean by a two-way contract. Because obviously, um, I don't want to say unproven players, so to speak, but people have not yet gotten to that consistent NHL level. Right? They don't want to pay too many NHL-sized contracts on AHL budgets. So, yeah. especially the AHL budgets this year. Uh, I also thought that was funny, and I, I, uh, I keep. And by the way, it's to... just just because, and and I'll, all right. Um, one of the things that we know about the draft, um, especially the hockey draft, is is very much similar to the baseball draft. Um, those years in college, okay, make a difference because, um, you know, at between the ages of 16 and 18 and 19 yeah, folks don't grow and, 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 and develop at the same rate. So this gives the scouts a chance to see a more finished product. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, and one of those guys that was a pretty good finished product at the university of Wisconsin is making his mark for the Canadians. And I think if you look at that Canadian roster and you say, um, who was the single or what was the single most uh, turning point, if I can say that, in their season? It had to be bringing up Cole Caulfield because they were struggling and uh, just barely got the fourth spot in the uh, in the North Division playoffs. All of a sudden, you bring in Cole Caulfield. And I remember the talk. Do they bring him up? Do they not bring him up? Do they wait till next year? Uh, he has brought just so much energy and so much confidence as a rookie to that lineup, um, there's no doubt in my mind that the Canadians are not where they are. And it's not it's not a one-person team, but uh, they're not where they're at without Cole Caulfield because I think he brought in a level of compete and, you know, being a winner, right? Well, he, he, he uh, this, is, lose. This, is, this is what I'll say, okay? Uh, you can't teach hands. You can't teach goal scoring. You either can. Or are you, you're either a natural at it or you're not. The elite goal scorers just are different. And he clearly is, um, if he's not already, on his way to being one of those elite goal scorers. He gave them a threat they did not have. 
He has scored clutch goals, overtime goals, big time goals. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, when you have that threat of being able to score, especially when you didn't have it all season long, it makes a tremendous difference down the stretch. And so, so know, I think that the goalie that, is also kind of rounding himself into shape. But but that answer kind of tells me that you agree with what I'm saying is he was a no, I can't do that. No, 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 I don't No, no, I got to change. I'm sorry. I'm going to take it all back and because I can't do that. Can't agree with you. Let me tell you who else is really enjoying having Cole Caulfield on his team. And that would be one Nick Suzuki, who I got to see quite a bit when he was a Vegas Golden Knight and trying to get into that lineup. And I thought one of the players that, uh, Man, I know they had to trade him to get what they got, but uh, if they didn't have, wouldn't have had to trade him, I don't think they would have because Nick Suzuki has also gained a ton of confidence. And if you if you just go back and look at a YouTube clip of that breakaway between uh, Caulfield and um, Suzuki, oh my goodness, that is going to be a force for years to come in the Canadian lineup. Oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be a big time threat. And like I said, Caulfield is 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 a natural goal scorer and and you know a, th- a threat from anywhere and do i think do i think he'll be a regular 30 goal scorer yeah i think he will be um do i think he'll probably crack 40 once or twice if he gets a little help yeah you know uh, could i see him being having a year where he's the leading goal scorer I don't know. Right now, that's hard to say with Connor McDavid and and the way they play up in Edmonton, at least during the regular season. But <laughs> get those regular season numbers in. <laughs> um, well, because well, first of all, they they we we all know that they the game changes in the playoffs, and um, that includes the officiating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think that it's I still, think that changed in Vegas, Colorado, the other night too. It's it's still not what it still doesn't reach the level of what the 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 regular season and, and especially the playoff what playoffs were when when I was growing up and, and and into the early 2000s but it definitely gets much grindier and muckier and grabbier in in the playoffs even today um and they don't call what they call during the regular season there is no question and, and can I throw this out? There's one guy that never gets ground on or gets mucked up or gets caught, and that's one Kale McCarr, uh, another college player that stepped in. And man, oh, man, it, all you have to do is take a look at a couple of clips of him. Uh, I told you this last year in the bubble, and we were having the discussion between uh, Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, and I said the one thing that Kale McCarr does differently than Hughes is uh, Kale will make a mistake as young defensemen do, but he can usually get himself back with his speed and position himself to, to make it look like the mistake never happened. And now he, he's getting confidence where uh, he, he can take chances and know that he can get back. He knows how to play the right angles, and he can score. Uh, I mean, not only does he score, but he finds his teammates uh, in positions where they don't even think they're open. Well, listen, you know, it's, that's, you know, you, you want to see more, more players like that. I mean, who, who, who doesn't, you know, um, you know, this year Hughes was, was up in Vancouver and, you know, we didn't really get to see too much of the Canadian teams this year because they all played against each other. And, uh, there were not a lot of those games on TV. Um, certainly not yeah, a lot of Vancouver sat games. out about Vancouver. Yeah. Sat out well, about four weeks know, of a season, but, um, you know, if you want to tell me that that uses a consolation prize, okay, you know, I mean, uh, see, look at look at folks listening. This is the second time he's agreed with me. Not agreeing uh, with yeah, you. I'm yeah. just saying if you're if <laughs> if you're telling me that I have to take him, okay, all right, that's cool. You know, they are they are different players. They all just right. are. Do you have any more NCAA talk that we have to get in? 
tonight on Tuesday night because we know tomorrow all kinds of NCAA news of is going to break, including, including Denver is going to add 10 more games to their schedule. Yeah, they're going to – We know what those are, right? Non-conference. Those are called non-conference games? Yeah. Yeah. They're coming tomorrow because it's Wednesday. They said, why not? Well, I, they, I responded to him on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that yet or not, but I said, why not? Because we do a Tuesday night show. Yeah, that's well, why not. That's probably why they're doing it on Wednesday. Well, well, that's what I was trying to tell them not to. But anyway, that schedule will leak out each week. We're going to get more and more. Next week, we hope to have a uh, a Robert Morris a representative. I also uh, touch base again with uh, the CCHA and Don Lucia is going is to be a guest on our program uh, when we can find the right time that works with his schedule and our schedule to get him on. So we look forward to having uh, Commissioner Lucia join us. Uh, we also are in the works for Brinson Pashnik. So we're going to bring in a pro who was a former Sun Devil. Uh, I told Steiner last night. Did I you said, do that tell, last night? I told Steiner last night. I said, tell Brinny he's not off the hook. I don't care if he's going to coach for dinner or whatever he's going to do. I We're still going to get him on. Begging us for the coach. And, and he, said, he said he was going to make sure that he didn't forget where his bread was buttered. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. That's <laughs> right he's, here. That's why he's there tonight. Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's at the coaches. Uh, All right. If you don't have anything else, take it away, my friend. Roger Klein's Canseon Tequila has presented College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America's been waiting for. Roger Klein's Canseon Tequila, ultra-smooth Arizona-owned, Go to CancionTequila.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Play on the ice is heating up as we hit the playoffs. So is the weather. And it makes it more important to keep those drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Behind the mask and its three valley locations, in line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Buy Burrito Express. Our family recipes to your table. The place in the East Valley for great taste and great value. Buy M-Drive. Presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning. Relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. Buy College Bar and Grill in Tempe. Buy ASU fans for ASU fans. And by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. History, Blue Bloods, Upstarts, the NCHC has it. And the NCHC.tv has you covered. Go to NCHC.tv and subscribe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, as always, my friend. A uh, couple things I want to throw out there. Today is June 1st, which means that sometime this week, I'm going to venture over to my favorite six-story parking garage in Tempe, Arizona, and get you some more footage of what's going on at uh, the new uh, facility. Can I call it that? Can I call it the ASU facility Yeah, uh, being constructed on campus that will be the home of Sun Devil Hockey um, yeah. in the very near future? Uh, yeah. Also, uh, I do want to tell you that uh, being it's June, that means June, July, August, and then September. So, we're less than 100 days away from uh, the NCAA teams getting back on the ice and practicing, hopefully, as close to normal as possible. And by the way, June yeah. 1st, coaches were able to go back out on the road today yeah. in, in all the NCAA sports. Yeah. So um, Craziness that's thing. about to happen. Yeah, I'm, if it hasn't already. <laughs> all right. Our thanks to uh, Riley Stewart, the pride of Ahwatukee, Arizona, uh, the Dubuque Fighting Saints, and hopefully, fingers crossed, he's going to be a Sun Devil sooner rather than later because uh, I can't wait to see him play right here in his uh, in his home state. We thank Riley for taking some time out for us, uh, especially on a day when the announcement came out that his coach, Oliver David, is moving on to uh, an assistant coach role in uh, Europe. So uh, congratulations to OD for that. Uh, hopefully we'll get him on and talk a little uh, – 
uh, professional hockey from the Europe side of things uh, coming up. Um, and uh, I will let you know that tomorrow is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. we got the head coach from Grand Canyon, Danny Roy, joining us tomorrow night. Um, for me, it'll probably be from a love truck stop because I'm uh, headed over to uh, Indio, California tomorrow to uh, hopefully sneak my way under the fence and get involved in the uh, groundbreaking for the Coachella Community Ice Center. Something I don't like know. that. I have Something no Something like that. It's going to be the new know. home of the uh, AHL affiliate in Palm Springs. So um, uh, Rob Rothfarb and myself will be over there, and uh, we'll try to do what we can. They are saying that there's no uh, public attendance, but uh, hey, you know what? We're not public. We're pretty private. So we'll uh, we'll sneak our way in and hopefully get you some information from there as well. And then, of course, Sunday night, Paul and I will be back with you for uh, College Hockey Southwest Live. Talk some more stuff. Uh, we're hoping to get RMU people on, Brinson Pashnuk maybe Sunday night, uh, Coach Lucia, we don't, or uh, Commissioner Lucia. We don't know who, but we will get somebody on. So until then, have a good night, and we'll say good night with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. De Niro. Good night.